1: everyone and welcome back to Cut to the Grace. I hope you're all having an amazing week. Uh, so this is going out on the 22nd but we are currently in the second week of lockdown is it?
0: Which lockdown babe? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: you know what I didn't even know what day it was earlier but today I'm <laughs> so so excited to have the incredible Ian Destroyer Stroyer aka Val Michelli, on the podcast. Hello! Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so Ian, well, Ian and yeah. Velma, Ian's had a very extensive career, Angel in Rent, oh. Mary Sunshine in Chicago, Fame, Cats, you name it, he did it, honey. But he's also <laughs> a teacher, writer, entrepreneur. He got me a job yesterday. <laughs> and also uh. gorgeous drag queen, oh. Velma Chelly.
0: There she is, she's not there going she anywhere. Is. She won't die.
1: is she on her 10th year now
0: uh oh good question she's no she's going into her 12th long year
1: that is that is impressive um she's she's, only 12 oh (laughs) i will talk all about velma but we technically met when i used to come to your (laughs) pineapple classes on oh, my gap year, and you didn't know who I was, but it's fine. You did a gap year <laughs> on oh, my gap year, and um, I remember being absolutely petrified of you.
0: <laughs> Where so, that, when would that have been? When was your gap year?
1: My gap year was in um
0: 2014. <laughs> so, we're talking, oh god, seven years ago, yeah. I probably was quite scary then, I'm a bit more chilled now, yeah. but I think, I, I was, I think at that. I think I was trying to be, or thought I wanted to be a dance teacher, like, you know, actually be one, you know, work at the colleges and also be a choreographer. So I was like, whip, but now I'm like, that's not for me. So if you come to a class now, it's like, hey girl, should we dance, have a cup of
1: tea? You know, different vibes. But I was, it was kind of a level of like, I was, I was petrified, but I was also like obsessed. That's why I came Ah. like multiple times. If I, if I was like, no, I would have only gone once, but I came to a fair, fair few, I think. Yeah, Oh that's good
0: one off I have a, mm-hmm. a, another friend Liz um, I think you might have worked for Liz Eliza Jackson from Lambert Jackson Productions
1: mm.
0: who have been booming over the last year they've done some really compelling work in this crazy time but they um, she came to my class up uh, when she moved from Oz and she was performing and um, she was petrified in a similar way but she was determined determined that would not only connect um, connect and click clinic, connect
1: <laughs> connect in the
0: neck. oh definitely coined that one yeah she was determined to, to the point where we're actually best friends now like oh, she was determined I and uh that. and yeah she would literally made a be like she goes i will not be scared of this man so now we like you know <laughs> we can't live without each other it's f- fanta- fascinating stuff
1: i love it um but then i had the most hilarious phone call during my lockdown from ian about a gig called wendy house with Wendy House. Um, me, Jodie Steele and Ben Papworth. How much fun was that?
0: Wendy House was a lot of fun. Not just because of the group of people are great, uh, you, Jodie and Ben, um, but it was just joyous. I remember us all coming into the studio on the first day of rehearsals, obviously socially distant, not quite knowing what to do in that dynamic. Cause of course, lovey darlings and showbiz folk are huggers and kissers. that's who we are. and uh, So it was interesting, but I think the most joyous thing was just singing just being with other actors just creating coming with ideas having been starved of it for a year so almost a year at that point it just was joyous for that reason and then obviously you guys are so talented and lovely so it was it it was a cherry on the cake really
1: and i thought it was quite nice because it like we didn't take ourselves too seriously we had a laugh but we also like worked our asses off for it you know we did so many rehearsals yeah we were all so like we really wanted it to be good the set list was long it was all like mashups we didn't do like the old like oh everyone do the solo each and then do you know what i mean um yeah it was just yeah really, we put really a lot fun. of love into it yeah what was your favorite yeah, really moment was. i think mine was unagi <laughs> i didn't even know what that was from and so i just thought you were making up a word to say instead of beheaded
0: (laughs) unagi beheaded (laughs) and actually when we went when we actually did the show i went to say it because we for those who didn't see it we started off stage and we did this you know it's a voice of god almost wasn't it and it got to my line and I was, I thought I'm gonna do it. Oh no and I I thought I was so funny, Grace, I didn't even say it. That's how funny I was.
1: And we were all <laughs> laughing. And then I was going to divorce. Did
0: I, didn't you then forget the words? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean you played every part in that show. You yeah. actually haven't.
1: I remember the phone call actually when you rang me about doing it. What was the bit in Ex Wives that you're like obsessed with? p6 oh. words
0: I don't yeah I, I it's great writing for those obviously it's a brilliant brilliant piece but I just don't if something doesn't sit well with me why why like why but actually when I, we talked about it and, and as I've kind of because I am obsessive about stuff since then I've tried to find actually where would you put it and it is the only place you put that no yeah. Wah, ha <laughs> <laughs> wives
1: <laughs> oh that was nice
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> he's a rip
1: darling um so uh, on my podcast i have a little mini series that I did at the beginning called gratitude with grace because i uh, love a bit of gratitude it absolutely just mm. makes my life um yeah. so i would like five things today and here and now that you're grateful for
0: Ooh, in life, just life just in general.
1: General life, yeah.
0: Just the life, the oxygen. What we do it for? First off, I I don't know if this is filmed, but um, oh, we'll see? But I'm in this amazing house at the moment, um, because I've been doing Panto in York, and obviously, uh, not obviously for those who don't know, I live in London, but I also I spend a lot of time in my hometown, York, especially this year because of lockdown. You know, I've spent a lot of time at home, so I was renting a flat for Panto because I needed to have time on my own during the run you know to, to kind of chill and then the lease run out and then so I put on Facebook so I thought I'm not coming back to London I need to stay in York it doesn't make any sense yeah. so I put on Facebook I was like guys I need somewhere to stay anyone got a flat I can rent you know private landlord and my friend Louise has this insane house on the river in York said so, babe go and stay so I'm paying her but I could choose like 200 pound a night on Airbnb it's three storey. it's roll top baths it's four poster beds this is the Very long answer nice. <laughs> And it is, I mean, I cannot afford this in real life. But um, so I'm, that's number one, grateful yeah. for this. I would never, so I, I, you can't see here. Um, I could probably turn you around, but basically, it's, there's windows all around the house and it's a river,
1: oh. which is actually flooded
0: at the moment. So it's slightly worrying. But um, yeah, I'm really <laughs> grateful for that. You know, I, I could be in, like many of my friends, in a flat in central London, just losing my mind. Whereas here, I walk out onto the river and I'm, I, I don't see anyone for miles and it's
1: oh, I love bliss. That love that yeah okay then there's four more
0: <laughs> do you want just like one word answers because otherwise this might be longer than lame is
1: <laughs> Well, i mean usually people say like oh i love a nice walk or like a cup of tea oh.
0: <laughs> and i gave you like
1: that's what i love like, about you though
0: yeah why well, you know, i go around the houses and come back to a terrace you know um <laughs> Number two, I'm grateful for just having done Panto in York against all odds. We did 40 shows and we only missed four at the end when we shifted tears. Unbelievable experience. How lucky am I? Number three, I am grateful for my best friend Sarah, and my sisters in York who've looked after me all year, you know, rent free pretty much, you know, staying so I could be in York. And, you know, the great thing about York is it's surrounded by Yorkshire countryside, so even in lockdown one, I could get on my bike and cycle for miles. And it's been an absolute blessing. Number four, I would probably say, uh, can it be another friend?
1: Yeah, can be another friend can be people.
0: I would say Louise Dearman, who's one of my best friends, who we FaceTime pretty much every single day, especially this year. And she's kept me saying, um, just chatting it through, chatting through how we're feeling Feelings, super important thing. She's Um, amazing. She
1: she, came on the podcast actually.
0: Yes, I listened to it.
1: it. Oh, I love her. Yeah.
0: And and number five, I would say I'm grateful for my health because Mm. if I wasn't healthy right now, this could be like it is for many a freaking. I mean, it's scary enough thinking about the future, it's scary enough thinking about the virus, but to know you are vulnerable. And to see where we're at now, that must be terrifying.
1: Oh. Absolutely yeah, terrifying. Yeah. yeah.
0: So health, I'd say health. Although I did just have a bacon sandwich. I'm not like it's not
1: Yeah, Matt, but be, it's but... your birthday week.
0: You <laughs> <laughs> so gotta treat yourself. Absolutely. I'm just gonna go off the shoulder. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> there you go. Those are my gratitude moments. But there's so many because in order to survive survive this year, both in within my work, lack thereof. Mm. But in life and mental health, it, it's literally taken an army to do that around me. And I'm actually generally, I'm very fortunate to not have too many mental health issues that get me down. I don't. I'm very fortunate in mm. that way. I'm quite a positive, like you, positive and upbeat person. So to have the mental health the, 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 um, in a good check, having family and friends around me to make sure that I'm not, you know, yeah, for want of a better phrase, losing it, because a lot of friends, you know, within the business and outside of the business what times oh
1: my god it's how petrifying. you know yeah yeah
0: and it's also that sense of you know it's not just actors and singers but that is what we do um you know people have worked their entire lives and to see not knowing what the future holds and it to have been taken away because we put everything into what we do as artists. It's not just, mm-hmm. oh, Grace can sing, nah. You don't sing as good yeah. as Grace, and it's not 20 hours. <laughs> it, that's yeah. a lifetime of work. So to not know where the future holds for many, after putting in all that work and their entire lives, it's, yeah. it's, it's heartbreaking.
1: Shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there um, you go, that's better. You're so succinct. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> 70,000 words, Grace what
1: shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brilliant (laughs) to finish short um yeah Mm. it 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 really is a tough time but it's we do need to sometimes think back to how lucky we are in all Mm. the other things in life to just keep us going because you know yes it is it is our world but we don't have to make it our world It, it as heartbreaking and hard as that is sometimes like we can keep ourselves going with um the other things in our life that we're surrounded by family friends Some Um, people are doing different careers. Jodie Steele on a care shift.
0: I mean, she's a machine. She while we
1: were rehearsing. She is a machine. Um,
0: You know, just to make a point there, and that's something that I I really enjoyed when I listened to your podcast with Louise, um, because I was just about to work with you, and I was like, what is this podcast? And I'd heard about it, and Lou was like, oh, I've just done one with Grace. She's lovely. Have a listen. And I listened to it, and what I found, what I took away from it was the, the sense of how yes we are actors yes we've d- devoted our lives but it doesn't define us and you know Lou you know having a baby having a partner having a house mm-hmm. writing there's so many we're so multifaceted like it's not just and people often put us in that all oh, that's what that's what Grace does She saying chat, mm, just she though? because you know yeah. we do so many things like it's so important like you say to focus on those things especially right now the things that aren't the thing that that's the moneymaker or yeah. the you know the career there's so many things that are so much more important this year's literally I couldn't have highlighted that yeah anymore really
1: and speaking of which let's talk about Velma Chelli.
0: oh that old whore
1: <laughs> tell us about her when was she born what's been She's your 12. most amazing thing that's happened whilst you've been Velma because I saw you on EastEnders darling
0: yeah <laughs> that was a highlight definitely um that was so cool I'm, I'm, I'm actually dating someone at the moment or however dating works in mm-hmm. these times and uh he's not in the business and we, we were chatting the other day on FaceTime. it's like oh blah 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 and I said, yeah i like tv i was like i don't really watch tv is that all can't stand these standards so i was like that's the only one i've been on <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed he's like, like you're on it but yeah i loved it that was a highlight because the, the especially the way that happened which never happens one of the writers was a Fan's not the word. She follows me. She'd she come to my early, show, you know, early Velma days. And uh, she's called Sharon Marshall. And she's the lady that's on This Morning that reviews the soaps with the red hair.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Lovely okay. woman. And she um, but she also writes scripts. Um, oh, I think gosh. she's directing Ryan Emmerdale now, but she was writing scripts, one of the writers on EastEnders at the time. She's got, I've got this idea. Uh, statistically, January 16th is the most depressing day. In, in the year and um, that's the the most that's when you have most suicides i think it's because halfway through january it's ha- beginning of the year no one's got any money there's a lot of reasons wow. as to why didn't know that. yeah so you know look after yourselves on the 16th guys do something nice but um you know maybe get a nice bottle of wine or some chocolate yeah. but um because yeah, that's going to solve all your problems um yeah so she she had the she had that ep the 16th of jan 2014 i think it was And she 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 wants to do something fun because of that for that reason, Um, and as you know, EastEnders can be a little bit on the on the depressing side. So she said, "I've got this idea, Velma. I want you to do your gig in the in the Vic." And I was like, "Yeah, sure. Like that's never going to happen." And uh, so she wrote the script. I probably shouldn't tell this. She wrote the script, but then because of the um, equity laws and it's the BBC, you then have to you can't just cast someone. It has to go out on a breakdown. It has to be fair.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So so then I was like. (laughs) oh god so we'd worked out the ideas and then she's like oh, oh my god we're gonna have to see people because that's the law and it's fair although <laughs> I did we did write it um <laughs> but so they did see people but I still got it right, thank goodness okay. you know I remember at one point she was like what can you do that, that's going to make sure that you get this and I was like really high belty riffy stuff because not many drags will be able to do it um she was like brilliant so what I said like, right put at last in put somebody's love in put all these yeah. songs in so she so she, they everyone then had to sing these un- and in these specific keys so it basically we kind of like made it happen <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, and it was it was a fantastic highlight and I met Jesse Wallace on that job um she made a beeline for me because uh I was on my own in makeup at 6am and like they go in the cast go in and it's like it's a nine to five they don't it's no disrespect to anyone on that set because it's a great experience but didn't literally didn't say hello and i'm sat in drag at 5 a.m it's like you would say hello to the drag queen like it's like the elephant in the room and nobody's saying hello and then jesse watching sex you know so miserable it's there, and it can't do it sat over there. who are you comes over and we've been like that since and she's an amazing amazing oh, friend I love and she put
1: jesse's cat right?
0: Cat, cat's like you're not my
1: mother yeah <laughs> oh iconic
0: she is iconic and uh, so she's been a great friend since she had my back on that day I was on set for two days oh. and uh, and I have her back now in life and we're, she's great we, we've been we've both been through stuff and she's always there you know.
1: Yeah so. oh I love that so, and it, it's weird to think yeah. of it like that because like some of them have been in it for so long that it does probably just become like you just walk in you go for it you get on with it you know. Um, yeah. But yeah I bet that was difficult.
0: It was difficult because it was a bit soul-destroying, you know, and I remember uh, I, a girl, probably shouldn't say this. No, I will say, because <laughs> it, it just got full grace. circle. <laughs> to the grace. No, so I was on set, I was on the last day, at the end of the last day, and I was doing my last song, Into My Bow, which which I almost got, I don't know if you know, but, um, you know, the dum, bum, 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 bum. Everyone, you know, it's, it's a competition on set to get the dun dun duns. I think they are bum bums, they call them. So, like, if you're the last shot before it goes into the credits, and I was going to be the bum dum duns, it was going to cut away to like this fight outside. And then I, I and it's about their love story. Now it's supposed to go, somebody to you know, do a big boom, riff, boom. and then it was going to go, yes. And I, I was like, damn it, but they changed it at the last minute, and it had to be Kelly. And Danny Dyer's character who run the Queen Vic, it had to be there. And I was like, damn it. I thought, to be honest, it's your first EastEnders gig. Like you didn't get the dum-dums, get over yourself. <laughs> but um, but I knew Kelly cause she lived, her best friend lived above me in um, in Forest Hill years and years ago. So I went to Kelly, of course I'm in drag and I forget I'm in drag, I'm like, Kelly. And she's like, have we met? And I'm like, oh, it's Ian. And she's like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And she turned to Danny Diamond. Oh my God, this is Ian, he's brilliant. Um, uh, uh, anyway. She, uh, what do I care what what and literally it's like <sighs> wooden it was I, I was at the time I was thinking it's okay maybe he's a method maybe he's a method, mm. method <laughs> maybe, <Dennis> please, <laughs> maybe he's a method and then um and he was but he was quite rude Danny Dyer cut two and then um years later I did a music video for a great artist called Lucy Rose brilliant writer she's gonna be a big thing um but she, I was in a music video, and the music video was Danny Dyer's character was wanted to be a drag queen. So the whole music video, he goes into the club, and he's seeing the drag queens on stage, and there's this one iconic drag queen that he looks up to be, and who is it? Me. So, so so I'm, I'm I'm at the end of the day, and it's me performing a song, and then so he comes on, he walks into the club, and he's like, oh my god, you know that that kind of not that not, not, that's really bad acting, but you know like oh my god, that's what I want, and then he gets into drag, and then he goes on stage, he has his debut. Um, and then at the end of uh, at the end of the video, he com- he goes out. At- he's at the bar, and I come up and I'm like on my phone and like ignoring him. And uh, and it was such a weird dynamic. He was so nice to me. I was like, "You're really nice now." And he went, "Oh my god, have we met." And I was like, "Yeah, I was a drag queen that was also on these standards <laughs> with you." It's like, "Oh my god," it's like I was really rude. to I was having a really bad day. I was like, oh, "Yeah." <laughs> so it was interesting. It, it, it was happens, such a- not it? It's such a flip, like a yeah. dynamic, but, but it was when I was like, he was like, oh God. And then, you know, then we had a, a cup of coffee and said our goodbyes and it was, it was perfectly nice. But, um,
1: I want to watch yeah, this te- video.
0: It's beautiful. Um, I can't oh, I'll post it. Like I'll give you a texture in a bit. It's a beautiful video. It's a beautiful song. Um, and Lucy Rose is someone to follow. Stunning songwriter.
1: Yeah. What a cool concept. Love that. Um, and yeah. tell us about, Velma's birth and you why how, why who what how why where well
0: there was four sets uh an epidural <laughs> 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 um, an emergency c-section at the end uh yeah. but c for charisma uniqueness no, and talent uh. <laughs> but um too much oh i don't know it's a delivery um uh. sorry uh yeah, so basically, I was in Chicago, the musical, um, and I was a swing. And- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass um and then towards the end of the contract I was on a lot and then I ended up staying and playing it for a couple of weeks bizarrely opposite Jerry Springer so cool. that's another story really cool um and yeah I um I learned how to do the the drage you know the face the um, the moves how to stand how to walk how to act like, like a lady um, in that process. So one night we, we were all going out. We used to go out on a Wednesday, the gays from all the shows back in the day. Mm-hmm. And um, and you get a text or maybe it was an email because it certainly was not days of Facebook. Mm. And it was like each week there was a different fee- um, theme. Or venue, obviously, and this week the Lacage Ball boys say we're keeping the makeup on. This was the production that was at the Playhouse that got all the Olivier's years ago, and they so said we're keeping the face on, guys. We're going out in drag, and of course the queens from Priscilla were like, "Easy gig for me to keep the face on." Mm-hmm. They were allowed to borrow that, you know, keep that, even wear the show wigs. It never happened now, wow. but you know, borrow the wigs, wow. look after them, costumes, and then lot in Chicago were like. <laughs> uh, so we went, uh, I think I went to, I don't think Primark was around then, but something similar. And I bought a little black dress and I went out as Velma Kelly, um, the lead role from Chicago, of course. And uh, when I was out, I was in, we went to Madame Jojo's. I look like a dog's dinner, by the way. Um, <laughs> with Madame Jojo's. And I was really drunk. Someone reminded me of this because I can't really remember it. We were all trashed. And um, the drag queen host said, oh, I heard you can sing. Give us a song. And apparently I did um jumped into the splits at the end and um, and when I left I remember this bit the promoter came up and said oh you're amazing it's not that small I don't know why it's <laughs> the little promoter guy <laughs> just it's just he, funny he's got you... his
1: hand up by the way right now holding <laughs> his yeah, like, hand way... like really really small <laughs>
0: <laughs> really small yeah he came up and it was called Walt Oots was his name and he said um <laughs> darling you were fabulous would you like to own show can you come back next week Nobody knows where that accent's from. He's travelled a lot. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I said, of course, I was an actor and I was finishing Chicago in a couple of weeks. And I, and he said, have you your own show. And of course, we do what all actors do. And you just say yes and figure out how to do it later. Ofs. Yeah. So I said, yes. Yeah. So we went to Chinatown, uh, all of us queens, uh, eating some Singapore noodles, Vermicelli. I was dressed as Velma Kelly and was trying to call her name. Velma, Chelli, Vermicelli. Boom.
1: Love that.
0: Yeah, she's, um she's... She's a showgirl, but she's a bit carby.
1: <laughs> yeah, I and also like I love because you did Wendy House as Velma's, but with the face. And then we were yeah. all going to get into sparkly uh, dresses in Act Two that we had an absolute nightmare with. Let's not go into that. But we <laughs> we were did wearing. They ever, like, did they ever turn up? Yeah, they did turn up, and I I had well they they just took them back to the post office, and then I had to uh. go to the post office and send them back oh but anyway big sigh um I remember us being in in the interval in our like grungy outfits we're like oh should we just stay in these outfits but I (laughs) loved your look I loved that you were in drag but in this like cool baggy t-shirt skinny jeans just so cute and what's like what's been your biggest highlights as Velma uh
0: interestingly so i stepped away from musical theatre when i was doing velma and i was working probably like three gigs a night for you know within the first five years uh learned to say no to stuff Ian. but anyway I, that's why i cut my teeth and and i got quite good at it quite fast because i was doing so much of it it's like an e-roll isn't it the more you do it the more it's like when you were a cover on six i'm sure when you were swinging that like the more you do it it's yeah. second nature and, yeah the roles and i did don't... the
1: most i i was better at i way preferred yeah, yeah,
0: it's just, there's a certain level of relaxation to a yeah. point. Uh, comfortability, sense, comfortability might not be a word. <laughs> new but, word. Uh, <clears throat> new word alert. So yeah, so I, um, yeah, it's a, I kind of got a name for myself as Velma, and then they were putting on the 20th anniversary concert tour of Rent. And my agent phoned me up He's like, oh, do you want to go in for Angel? And I was like, nah, wh- where is it? He's like, you have to go to Liverpool for the audition. And I was like, babes, not going no. to Liverpool. No, that's because that's where the producer director was was based, and then they put out a press release a few days later, and Kerry Ellis was doing it, and I'd not worked with Kerry, um, and I was a huge huge fan, of course she's alleged, mm-hmm. so I was like, I got p- back on the phone, I was like, absolutely, if mm-hmm. Kerry's, do- yeah, I'll go up, just because you know when you've got a name like that attached and a talent like that attached, you know that it's gonna fly, and you know you're gonna have great experience because. So, you know, to match Kerry's level, everyone's going to have to be great. Yeah. So, and
1: what what was, but what was your initial thing that made you say no? Cause I, I would literally put you as angel any day.
0: Yeah. Um, first of all, I didn't think I'd get it. Um, uh, because I was out of the loop for so long. I was not used to auditioning, mm. auditioning for anyone out there who's in the business or going into it is, is a whole technique of its own. <coughs> Excuse me, not Rona. And, um, <laughs> So I said, I just, I was scared of it. And I, I, yeah. I still am to a degree with castings. I'm not very talented in the casting room and that people laugh at me because obviously I've done lots of jobs, but mm-hmm. I really aren't. I have to really convince them that I'm talented because it almost goes, I need to stop saying it. It, doesn't, it almost goes out of the window for me. Some people are great at it. Some people, as we know, are great at auditions and not great in shows. So I think yeah. it's different for everyone. So I just was, I was fearful. Didn't think I'd get it. But then I went and I went to Liverpool and... It was um you know it, it was one of those great castes where instead of doing seventeen rounds you know guessing what song you should sing they just sent you the songs yeah and, and go in and be the character you know and that's what's Love great that. about Reddit it's not it's not really scripted it's sung through so yeah I went in and um, <clears throat> there was a few different Collins just put us together I was like I'll go with that one they will go with that one I'll go with that one and um oh, they were oh, they were all beautiful beautiful and I was like it was the best day out. <laughs> ever basically at that point I was like I actually really don't care to book this because and you know for example there was one I forget his name but he's stunning he's, he looks a bit like Shauna Scoffrey you know like just beautiful and uh at the end of uh I'll cover you you know we have to go out and work out what we do and I was like look is it a bit too much to kiss at the end he's like oh and it was obviously straight and I was like look I said if you get I said you don't have to do there's no pressure but if you get the role that will definitely happen at the end of that song it always does it's like it always will be a kiss it's like oh you know what go yeah go for it let's go and I thought he's gonna give me a little... got in there and he snogged my face off I was like yes <laughs> <laughs> and sadly he didn't get it oh. <laughs> um I, I wish I, I don't wish he had because I had Leon, I had Leon Lopez who is not only a dream but, but beautiful um but yeah so that, yeah that, so that angel was great because it was it was kind of left field it came out of nowhere and i remember i went to the final they came to london for the final and uh and yeah i went in and 10 minutes late the phone rang and uh wow. and i burst i was i was not it must have been a bit longer maybe half an hour so I had to run to a gig and i was backstage and my uh, phone rang and I burst into tears. Like, I'm emotional now. Actually. I burst into oh. tears and, and everyone thought, my dad wasn't well at the time. And everyone thought, oh my God, it's 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 happened. Oh. And it wasn't. I, got, I went, I <laughs> got Angel in red. And oh. everyone's was like, oh God, I thought something bad had happened. But I was like, <laughs> no. And it was great. Oh. And, and, and I'm, glad, I'm glad I did it when I did it. And the team to this day are insane. Nikki Davis Jones, God, Kerry, everyone, Leon, yeah.
1: Wow, what a cast. I, that was a long
0: answer, but it's quite a good story. No, I
1: loved it. I love that story. It reminded me of um, when I got into drama school, I um, I was working in a pub and I was like yeah. sobbing my eyes out because it was like my dream school. I'd had a year out because I didn't get in the first year and I, it had been like quite a confusing process and I really didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. And I was crying so much. And because I'm local to Guildford... I'm trying to explain to the landlord why I'm crying and I'm like I've got into the Kilford School of Acting and she's like Oh, is that like a like a local theatre school? Like <laughs> she didn't realize that like <laughs> it was like one of the biggest drama schools. And I was like, in like, no. World. But because I think it's because I if I said like, oh, the London School of Music, do you know what I mean? She'd be like, mm. wow. But um, she didn't really. She thought realize... you just got.
0: <laughs> she um, thought you got a local BTEC, like yeah, no babe. Yeah. This is the most probably oh. the most competitive college.
1: Honestly, Definitely in Europe. It was so funny. Um
0: that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, oh. Good
1: times, good times. So we were chatting yesterday a little bit about like just not taking bullshit really, weren't we? Um yeah. I I really I really saw that in you when we well, the brief time we got to work together on Wendy House and it's like a really admirable trait to have especially in such a industry where sometimes there is a lot of bullshit um it really is and like but it for me I don't know I, I just feel like it's so out of reach I feel like I'm probably one of those people that people describe as like the opposite of that you know and yeah like if you could just if you could speak about that and enlighten us on how you how you do it <laughs> How do I be more like you?
0: <laughs> How do I be more, oh God, careful what you wish for. I would say <clears throat> it comes down to, and, it, and it, it's a process and it's taken years to get here and I still have my wobbles, but everything, everything comes down to self-respect. Everything. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget, um, you won't listen to doesn't matter. I was in bed, um, not in a, you know, I was in bed having a cuddle with my boyfriend years ago and um, he was getting a message from a very, very, well-known casting director on, on Messenger saying, hey, do you want to come in for this?
1: I do know and this, he was... you told me it. I do know, don't, and I don't, don't I, drop, but yeah. yeah, tell the story.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't mind telling it because I think it's, we don't talk about these things enough, which is crazy in the times of Time's Up and Me Too. But the casting yeah. director, male, okay, said to him, oh, do you want to come in for this thing? And he was so, over, he couldn't get booked at the time. He's not a straight actor. And, you know, and he's like, oh my God, I'm thrilled. Yeah, I'd love to. And the, and the customer's response was, great, send me a picture of your COCK. And, and then he showed me it. So I'm, see, I'm already at a place at, uh, at this point, like halfway, you know, my class is half full in terms of self-respect. Yeah. And I lost my mind. I was like, oh, give me God. that phone now, I'm calling that man, he needs to be told. No, 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 no. And what these people, in, you know, people, people in positions of power, it's not just that one act. That boyfriend, beautiful guy inside and out, is a very talented actor. What that did for his self-esteem, it made him feel like a piece of meat and that's all that people were interested in. And he is a very beautiful man. Mm. And I, 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 got, I got, I'm angry now thinking about it because it yeah. makes me want to cry that that happens. It's not just to women, it happens to men. Um, and it really kicked, we actually split up because he couldn't, I think he's better now, but I have too much self-respect you know, so me is, me and him, is, it's partners. It's like, you're going to have to up your self-respect game because I will knock that guy out. Yeah. <laughs> or you need to tell him that that's not okay. But, so in terms of navigating life, and navigating the business, it does come down to, uh, some people have it naturally. Some people have command self-respect because they have that naturally. A lot of it's to do with upbringing. For example, my friend Gina Murray and Maz Murray. and um, Gina's one of my closest friends. You know, they have that about them. They, they, they come from a long lineage of, of show business family. Um, and they command self-respect, not just as actors and performers, but as people. They walk in a room and it's not an arrogance. It's just a stillness and it's awareness of how uh, nice they are and how talented they yeah. are. So and, so, and I always used to look up to Gina for that reason. You know, and I, we have endless phone calls, not so much now, but back in the day, we met on Chicago and I'd be like, why is that person treating me like that? Or why do I, why are they making me feel like that? And she was like, it's your choice, babe. You you choose whether you let people. So I would say everything's about respect, it's self-respect, but it's, and it's also respecting other people. Like, like Rube Hall says, unless they're paying your bills, pay those bitches no mind. And it's the same thing in the business. You know, y- y- you have to respect yourself. You have to respect other people. You also have to respect that you can't change how they feel. Mm. Um, but pay no respect to the bullying, to the negativity. And you've just got to, you know, quote Jinx Monsoon, water off the duck's back. But it took me years and I'm 38 tomorrow.
1: You know, I didn't,
0: I wasn't like that. Yeah. You know, I was just talking to Zoe Burkett this morning about a project that you and her are gonna do with me in summer, um, Clang. Um, mm-hmm. And she's the same, you know, she's one. I did What a Feeling with her 15 years ago. And she always had that because she was a child actor. She was on TV as a kid. She's been in the business so long. She walks in the room and she is just Zoe Burkett. She's talented and she's nice and she's strong and it's an inspiration. But she was, yeah, She like Gina, she's always had that. I've had to work at it. But it's really about finding out who, what you want, what you're willing to do. The thing with self respect, it also comes down to hard work. Like I am, an, I'm kind of a machine when it comes to work ethic. I think that's got a lot to do with my self respect because I just go, I, I need to keep pushing forward. I need to get in better. I need to, I, things need to be better. I need to make things better. I need to uh, make work for myself. You know, yeah. 90% of my work I've generated. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Yeah. So self-respect and, 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 you know, and experience. You've got to do as many things in life to get that wealth of, um, uh, what's it word, you know, uh, to, to learn about yourself. You know, you can't, yeah. you've got to take yourself out of your comfort zone as many times as possible. If you're just, and it happens a lot in the West End, you're just hot from job to job to job. You're not really pushing yourself. You know, get on the fringe, go to Edinburgh Fringe, do a small show, do, do Grace Mowat, do a podcast, do, you know, you often find that the other things that you did, like Velma, for example, was a laugh. That literally has made my career and it's given me so many opportunities, you know, like this does for you. Everyone knows about this podcast. It's amazing. <laughs> but yeah. you, could, you could have just sat on, on your bum this year, yeah. like, last year. You could have, but you didn't. You know, you're not waiting for that phone to ring. I'm not, I don't have time to answer the phone. That's how you need to be. Don't Yeah. It's like, I'll get back to you. I, I've got, a, I, I can probably speak in three days. Yeah. And people go, oh God, you're busy. And it's really attractive to yeah. other people. People want to work with you.
1: Love that. And also, it's just, a lot of words. it's just a thing. No, I loved it. I loved it. I was <laughs> my. I was like nodding away. Um, it's just another thing of like, just life's too short to not, you know, life's too short to take that and not have self-respect because you don't want to get to, well, I, I don't want to get to later in life and look back and be like, oh, I just hated myself. I didn't have respect for myself. I didn't have yeah. self love, and I didn't, you know, I just don't, I don't want to do that. Um, and
0: you see it with friends, and, and I've you know you try, and friends had to do it. You know, there was a really tricky point in my mid twenties to late uh, mid to late twenties where my friends, I think Kate Tyman's one of my best friends. She used to teach you at yeah. GSA, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's an amazing friend Kate and Stu they're married but there's basically three of us in that in that relationship yeah. not in a rude way <laughs> yeah. but in a, in a love way and you know Kate and Stu had to watch me I was very self-destructive in my mid-20s uh, a lot of that had to do with confidence and as I say respect for myself and they tried and tried and picked me off the floor like you would not believe like oh. for for a long long time and it got to a point where they said to me uh you you've got to figure this out now you've got you we can't do this we want to help you, but you've got to figure out the answer now. We told you what, what we think you need to do, but you actually need to go and find it yourself. And it yeah. was very hard. Kate was pregnant, actually. I remember her saying it was a really, horrible. now we talk about it, but she said, I literally said to Stu, we need to, we need to step away and let him figure it out. And it was hard because they did. I didn't notice as much because I was, I was in a big mess. Mm. But afterwards, she, Kate was the hardest thing. Kate said, I've I done, you know, having to say no, I'm not going to see him until he figures it out and I did figure it out thank god
1: yeah and what, lot, what did it know... come from just being just having the mindset of like being a working machine or
0: uh I, I, I had a very sick dad at the time um I uh didn't know who I was I felt a bit lost I, I didn't know what I wanted to do because uh, I do lots of different things mm-hmm. um I was still auditioning I'm still doing Velma and then not getting parts I'm like why am I not why it's not happening to me or oh, will be me um uh, people would see me as this drag queen and not as a male actor, which I am a human male. Um, and I, it was a very confusing time. I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't know where I wanted to be. And that, and a lot, you know, lost in the wilderness, you know, within the business, it's easy for it to happen. You know, I remember, I remember uh, last year walking past the theatre and seeing a girl that used to work front of house without this theatre, the comedy theatre. Um, and she was still there. I mean, I worked with her 20 years ago there and she's still there. Out, out stage her having a fag and I'm thinking... Someone needed to tell that girl, this is not going to happen for you, or you need to figure out a different way. Mm-hmm. Like I have a massive issue with GSA, GSA amazing, Mount View amazing. There's so many amazing places, but there are also lots of places that just take yeah. people for money. And what they don't realize is that's not only unethical and immoral. You're setting that person up to fail because they're gonna have to throw everything into this business, into this career that they're not equipped for, and this sounds harsh, might not be talented enough for. And you're gonna take their money, you're gonna give them false dreams. And that's what I see when I saw that girl work in front of house. I thought she could have had a whole different life.
1: Yeah.
0: Someone could have been honest and said, it's not gonna happen for you, but you could still teach, but you could still do this. You know, there's too many people. How many Meryl Streets are there? There's only one Meryl Street, but how many good actors are there? As good as Meryl Street? Yeah. She would tell you. I'm probably she'd probably say most of them are better than her, but you know, she hundreds, we know that. You know, we've mm. got friends we went to college with that that struggle to book gigs and you know from being in the room with them how talented they are. Yeah. So there's so many things in life, but a lot of it comes down to living in your truth. But how do you live in your truth? Someone you either learn it or someone tells you it. It's really difficult. I it's it's hard. Yeah. And and this business is not for those with a weak stomach. And it's a real hard balance. I also I always have said there should be a, a panel that every audition every college, every course, whether it's in the business or not, there should be a governing body that says that person is talented, but they're not, it's not going to work for them. It's not the right fit for them. This career is not the right fit. They they should be held accountable. People who take money off of people at the professional training level, because you're setting people up for a life that isn't going to be theirs. And that's when people's lives are ruined. And it sounds dramatic, but I have really strong feelings about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that sent that feeling of feeling lost, like, I, it's probably not on anywhere near the level that you experience but I, I completely kind of feel that sometimes now and I'm like oh I, I do I'm in a girl band but I'm also still in a show and I love presenting and I really want to do this and I want to do a bit of that and I love mm. all this stuff and but I think I just had a moment recently of being like well I guess because of the lockdown and the pandemic like Nothing's happening, so why not just embrace it all? And I feel like that's kind of what um, you've done because you, like, you are doing shows still. You've just finished panto, but you're still like doing all this managerial stuff and booking jobs and doing yeah. drag gigs and all this stuff, and still teaching. So it's like you don't have to be one thing, you know? Um,
0: no, I think I think it's a double edged sword because it's someone like you who can do so many different things you will feel lost. That's going to be part of your journey because you can do all those things brilliantly. So when you're in a show, you're like, oh, but I can do that now. So I want to yeah. be a presenter. I, and by the way, I could totally see you presenting. I think you need to really, really put some time and focus into that because I could oh. see you uh, as a hollow, 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 wubububi. I could see that. Well, a book, book, but, um, yeah, I can see that, and but so it's part and parcel of being an entrepreneur or being a person that's multifaceted with lots of different talents. Yeah, part of that journey will be feeling lost because you'll never quite. It's not like it's not enough, but you get comfortable, and I can do that now. So now I'm, and it's because you've got work ethic and drive. You'll always, it'll always be there. So almost embrace the lostness, but yeah. all, also allow yourself, like you said, now why are you fighting the machine if you can't? Do stuff now. Do stuff you can do. But don't, don't people going? Why can't I get seen for this? Or why can't? I? You know, it's not gonna happen right now. So just focus on something else. Like I just, you know, got what myself a little Casio keyboard here. Going to learn that. You know, love that. Get on and do stuff. But you know, I, you're a doer, and and it is rare. It is rare because mm-hmm. a lot of talented people just expect. And that is not, and, and, so, and it does fall in some people's laps. It, it obviously does. We've seen it many times.
1: Mm.
0: But the ones that really, really go are the ones who put in the work and, do, and go that extra mile. Cheesy. I mean, you know, Meryl, you know, you know full well, Meryl Streep will be the first person on set and the last person on set, whether or not, you know, you know that, that she just puts that work in. You know, she's turned off off book because mm. you don't get that good. Yeah. I'm going to write, me and Damon were talking about writing a book, um, uh a long time ago called bubbles i I, i'm gonna write it it's it's gonna be called the bubble or the creative bubble and it's about how in order to flourish in on set or in a process or in a gig you have to be really prepared and and know your stuff and then the bubble expands and your talent and the performance gets bigger and i've got lots of different bubbles in fact i'm gonna start writing that today
1: yeah yeah, that's so interesting
0: yeah uh there's also a bubble about emotion. Me and Damon did acting through song workshop once and we had all the kids lost their minds and were crying. We couldn't get them back. It was actually really hilarious. We got told off by the principals, like, what have you done to these kids? <laughs> and because we asked them to bring in something that triggered an emotion. Of course, they were teenagers so they brought in the picture of the dead man. You know what I mean? That kind mm-hmm. of thing. And everyone got emotional. We we're singing No Day But Today. And we're, what we're trying to say to them is you need that bubble here. And you, you have to have that emotion here in order to convey it through your mouth, or through your song and your face. But if a bubble gets to your throat, you're absolutely fucked because you can't sing if you're crying. So it was a real process. And I'm actually I'll call Lou after this and we need to start getting pen to paper on it because we found it fascinating watching it happen. Because we're like, oh God. So then at the end of the day, the principal came in and they're all still crying. I mean the stranger kids were like, oh, and Lou's just I'm Lou's pissing yourself. And the principal said, Ian, will you just do this? Just do it. Show us what you mean. And I felt emotional because I've got goosebumps now, thinking about that room. But I was able to sit and just push the bubble back down into my chest and and Single no day, but today and everyone lost the shit again. I'm like, God, people, stop
1: crying. Yeah. But
0: um, but yeah, that's another bubble. See the bubbles. I'm gonna write the bubbles today.
1: Love that. That's so interesting. <laughs> I oh. nobody
0: steal my idea. <laughs> I know, I
1: know. Well, get writing. Then I'll upload this when you're done. You got two yeah. weeks, darling. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> um, right. That was amazing. I feel really good after that. I'm gonna go Thank for a you. nice walk and think about it. Um, shall we finish with some quick fire questions? Yeah, go on. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. What is your go-to meal?
0: Eggs Benedict.
1: Mm. When mm. do you feel the most peaceful? In the bath. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, three things you want to call into 2021.
0: Uh. The job that I've pitched you for, but you yes. can't say, oh, it comes to 10%. The job i pitched you for, I want to write the Bubbles book and I want to do my second album.
1: Ooh, yes. I'm here for that one. But
0: origi- original songs. But oh, I've got so many more, but I've got three productions that I want to put on as well. But let's just say any of those six.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love, you could have more. Um. Oh my God, what is the best compliment you've ever received?
0: you are unapologetically you
1: i agree and i like that because i worked
0: really hard to be that yeah like we said before so
1: oh i love that um if there was one thing you could do what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail
0: oh goodness me what would i do if i knew i couldn't fail fly <laughs> i love to fly <laughs> um i would say nothing because i don't fi- i don't f- I feel like I could pretty much do anything if I decide to. If I decide to do something, I will make it happen, no matter what. And I won't give up. You know, like when we were doing Wendy House, people like, people, pandemic, yeah, fine, move the tables. We'll stand the meter apart. I'm, I'm freaking doing this. Mm. You know, and I, I, I have that attitude with most things. Unless it's something I don't, I don't really fully believe in, and then I just, it just never comes to fruition, because I don't put any time in it.
1: Yeah, defo. Mm.
0: Um,
1: and finally, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received?
0: Figure out how to be unapologetically (laughs) you, I guess. Best advice?
1: And that was probably from yourself. It can be from yourself.
0: Yeah, I I tell myself that on a daily basis. Do you know what? Uh, Not The sentiment of RuPaul, unless they're paying your bills, pay those bitches no mind. You know, eye on the prize, focus, work hard, put the time in. You know, I went to, I never had a singing lesson. I've never had one. I've never had an acting lesson. I went to ballet school at 16, having only danced for a month. And I left and my first job was Cats. And when people say in my classes, I can't do that. I'm like, bullshit. Two years yeah. and I was in Cats. Hardest dance show of all time. And I was, good, I was good in it as well. I wasn't just Who like, you Who did you play, you know. by the way? Swing, babe.
1: Yes, you did. Oof.
0: Best training ever,
1: isn't it? Oh my gosh. My, my best friend, Brian, has just done it. And he said that. It was like, it was killer.
0: Oh, yeah, it's next level. But um yeah, you can just do anything, guys. I know it, you hear it all the time, but you really can. I mean, I'm not suggesting just have a go at brain surgery, but like, you know, you really can. You just got to put the work in. Yeah. Hours. It's not even hours. We need years, hours and years, years and hours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> years of hours. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much for coming on, Ian. It was an absolute pleasure
0: not at all thank I you you're i feel like you're we have dreaming. so much
1: more to talk about so i might get you on for 2.0 oh thank you oh, bye you. bye
0: my darling bye.